Welcome to the Vici Mundum Show, a ministry of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia. Dude, this studio is uh, looking pretty rough, not going to lie. It's pretty embarrassing just to walk in with this like small table in a big room and these huge arms. Hey, Randall likes it. Randall I, I and he's like, this I is cool. Do. This I is do. cool. I do. Nice. I do. I think I think humble beginnings are a great sign of greatness. Yeah, that was, <laughs> that's a good way to describe this. Very was that humble. redundant? <laughs> a great sign of great. A great sign of greatness. I don't know if that was redundant, but whatever. I greatly appreciate your great feedback. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's all great. I greatly appreciate that you appreciate my great. All right, I'm done. Great! <laughs> Ooh, yeah, like, that's Tony, Tony the, the Tiger. Tiger. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. We also have Padre Pio here. We have uh, we have an image of Padre Pio now. That's kind of cool. It's like our only decoration, and there's a clock on the other side. Yes. So, yeah. This is like our our monk's cell. Wow. Where we come to proclaim. Mm. For mm. now. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Humble beginnings. Uh, that's right. That's right. They nice. spell greatness. We should mm. tell people who is actually here because we we have a full house here today. Full, full studio. Oh, sorry. Full studio. Yeah. This is uh, first of all, we are in our new studio space. If you didn't pick that up, uh, we just got a new little room to record in, all for ourselves. Woo! Yeah. <laughs> Moving on up in the world. But uh, so my name. So this is the Vici Mundum Show, uh, a ministry of Mount Carmel, Our Lady of Mount Carmel in Newport News, Virginia. My name is Anthony Ferguson, and I'm here with Austin Fahrenholt. Hey, folks. And uh, we also have a couple of guests here. Um, well, soon to be not guests, maybe. I don't know. Our new seminarian, Kevin Rydell, is in the house. He is my replacement. So, Kevin, if you'd like to say hello. Hey there. Good morning. There we are. So, yeah, my pastoral year is ending. Kevin's is just starting up. So it's going to be a good year. And then lastly, we have a special guest today, uh, Randall Tan. Hey, my name is Randall Tan. How you doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I know Randall Tan from his times at uh, VCU CCM. Woo! And for th- that means Virginia Commonwealth University Catholic Campus Ministry. Oh, that's a long name. Wow. <laughs> that's a real long name. Back in college. So, yeah, that's in Richmond. Richmond, the VCU Rams. Yes. Go Rams, go. There it is. Well, I'm a Richmond spider, so I don't know. <sighs> Anthony, we can't be enemies, man. We're friends. We're, we're frenemies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess so. What, or Nema friends. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. That's true. Anyways, so yeah, today's podcast I think is going to be an awesome one. I'm very excited. Go on. The Holy Spirit has brought us all together in this moment. Why don't you tell folks who Randall is? Here in this place. Well, why don't we hear from Randall who Randall is? Yeah, tell us, Randall, what do you have to say for yourself? Who are you? (laughs) Who are you? What am I doing here? (laughs) Why are you here? Who brought me here? (laughs) Well, I did. Um, Yeah, my name is uh, Randall, as I've mentioned. Uh, I'm a missionary with an organization. an organization called the Culture Project. Uh, we're, initi- we're an initiative of young people set out to restore the culture through the experience of virtue. Um, and so much of our mission is proclaiming the truth of the human person um, by having them know the truth of their dignity and how that naturally flows into the richness of living a life of sexual integrity. So, so much of our mission is to proclaim truth to the culture and inviting people to become fully alive. Mm. Fully alive. Well, that's a pretty big uh, curse of our times, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it is. I, it's kind of the big curse of humanity, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's since the beginning, there yeah. have been issues with sexuality, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, and I think especially now, I mean, we're seeing such huge, like, radical changes in our understanding of really the human person, and because of that, our understanding of sexuality. Mm. And it's really kind of having this 
incredible amount of detriment on our like our flourishing and this incredible amount of detriment on um, really just the livelihood of the family of young people all over the world and especially in our country um, and I'm a personal testament to that myself which is why I'm so passionate about this right now yeah so so would you say that we as a culture have forgotten what the human person is yes oh absolutely I think um, I was I was actually talking with a friend of mine and he was really mentioning to me, like he was uh, studying, getting his master's in theology. And he was mentioning to me, like Randall back in like the old, like the beginning of the church, there's been like the biggest struggle, the church generally speaking was kind of who is, who is Christ? You know, who is Jesus? Who do we believe Jesus to be? Um, and as the centuries went on, kind of like the second biggest struggle that the church was facing uh, was like, who is the church? You know, what do we believe? How do we apply these teachings into life? You know what I mean? With like how Christianity became the culture uh, or the main culture um, of the time. But now what we're seeing is the main struggle that the church is facing is not who is Christ and not who is the church, but really who is man. You know, like we are just facing this incredible identity crisis. Uh, we're placing so much of our worth in what we have, how much money we make, our reputation, what people say about us, um, how many likes we got on Instagram. Um, That's very important to me. Yeah. <laughs> Please like VG Moonham on Instagram after this podcast. <laughs> yep. We are on Instagram. There you go. Shameless plug. <laughs> Shameless plug. Shameless plug. You know, just like a bunch of stuff. And even like, <laughs> Placing our identity and and who we're attracted to. You know what I mean? Just placing our identity and well, I'm, I'm attracted to this kind of person or to this gender. So therefore my identity is is based on who I'm attracted to. And yeah. in all honesty, if I may speak bluntly, that's a load of it's a load of crap. It's, it's all lies. Whoa, you know? that was really blunt. <laughs> <laughs> we may have to edit that. Oh, <laughs> Children, I was shield like, your ears. <laughs> I was like, what, what do I say? What do I say? <laughs> Thank you for saying that. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to say anything like, like you know what I'm saying? I'm seeing. Scandalous. Yeah. yeah you know? It's true. It's a lie. It's yeah. a lie straight from H-E double hockey sticks. <laughs> you mean heck? Yeah. It but, is. Yeah. I mean, we are, we are more than the sum of our desires and, right. and the sum of the externals. Right. right? So right. The, the attraction to uh, this particular sexuality, I've, I've, I mean, I've thought that that's kind of the saddest thing is, is uh, if somebody is, you know, I'm, I'm gay. Like, whoa, okay. Yeah. But that's a part of who you are. You right. know, it's I think one of the greatest tragedies is that that is narrowing your identity to right. one aspect of who you are as an entire human being. Right. It's sad. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. And um, that's really so much of what's plaguing our culture today. And I would even argue um, that even back to Genesis with the fall, I would even argue that like that was a result of an identity crisis, mm. you know, where Adam and Eve totally forgot for a brief second that they were sons and daughters of a good and loving father mm -hmm. who wanted nothing but the best for them, yeah. where they believed for a second that they were slaves to a master. Mm -hmm. They were slaves to a master that wanted to control them and isolate them and use them in a selfish way and manipulate them to where they completely went against what God was saying. You know, yeah. I believe that if we are able to reclaim our identity as people, therefore we'll be able to reclaim our culture uh, and to to bring about human flourishing. 
Um, that's a real, real um, struggle that I think a lot of us are facing today. Even those of us who know this in our heads, but struggle to believe our own sonship and our own daughterhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a real struggle. So we can say that our, our um, if we want to reclaim our identity, then obviously our, our identity is broken through the fall, through yeah. sin. Yeah. Um, so what does it look like to reclaim our identity? Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. It looks like a... I'd say a lot of things. I think the first thing would definitely um, be to know who God is, because if we don't understand who God is, rather than trying to like come up with our own idea of God, right? If we understand who God objectively is, then we'll be able to understand who we are, because that's where we derive our identity from. It's not from what we can get, but our identity is given to us to, through like what's been done for us, through God's love on the cross, right? And so if we, I think that would be the first thing, because if we understand we have a good and loving father, then we can therefore understand like that he wants the best for me. And that especially includes the virtue of chastity, mm-hmm. a virtue that one, a lot of people don't really understand that they believe is either like something to take away my fun or abstinence, which is not abstinence, you know? And the second thing is, is some kind of, I don't know, some kind of repressive, like old school puritanical approach mm. to sexuality, which is not it at all. No. Right. And that's so, coming from a mind of a slave. How would you, how would mm. the culture project and how would you describe chastity then? What, like if somebody's never heard of chastity before, or maybe <laughs> yeah. he has a very wrong view of chastity. Yeah. How would you describe it and define it? Yeah. So, um, chastity is really, I mean, to speak about it, I don't know, with what, from what I've come to understand through my time with the Culture Project is the full integration of our sexuality into our personhood. And uh, I mean, basic terms is basically like the right use of our sexuality. And um, Bishop Barron said this really well, that so much of the church's ethics and morality comes from um, a, a teleological approach, right? Like you got it. You got to define that. One. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. So basically like, teleolus about it. <laughs> For all the listeners, because I obviously understand what that was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Not. Uh, so uh, basically, a lot of the church's approach to morality and ethics is what is the purpose of something? What was it created for? And therefore, how can we use what it was created for to what it was designed to accomplish? For example, like if I am looking at – like I'm looking at Anthony's laptop and – if that laptop had like a brain of its own, for example, you know what I mean? And if it knew it was a laptop, it would know that it would be, it's like the best laptop it could be if it was used to connect to the internet, maybe record a podcast, wink, wink, and to be able to like type notes down and like maybe play iTunes or something like that. You know what I mean? But if the laptop believed it was meant to be like part of a railroad track, (laughs) chances are it's probably going to end up broken. You know, Mm -hmm. it's not going to end up fulfilling the end to which it was made for. It'll get smashed. It'll get smashed. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that's the same with us as human persons and our sexuality. That like, yo, if we, if we don't understand that we were made for love, there's no way chastity is going to make any sense because that's what chastity is. That's what our sexuality is for. Our sexuality is one, obviously for procreation to create life, but to bring two people together, like the pleasure aspect of that union is meant to draw man and woman together to create this beautiful reflection of God's own communion of the Trinity. 
You know, and this beautiful, beautiful reflection is so much of where we find our image and likeness in God. You know, and to reduce it merely to pleasure is using it for the purpose it wasn't created to be. Similar to the laptop. Like if I were to use my sexuality and to even use my own personhood for the designs that it wasn't meant for, then not only am I going to hurt the other person, but I'm only I'm gonna end up hurting myself. Not only am I going to break the heart of another like human being, but I'm gonna end up breaking my own heart. I'm gonna end up breaking my own my own sense of self. I'm gonna end up breaking my own sense of my sexuality, mm. and therefore start using and seeking intimacy in ways that will further harm and and hurt me. But I say all that to say this: that chastity was never meant to be something to scare people. But it was always meant to be something that was to bring about human flourishing. It's not a bunch of no's, like a list of no's, right? Mm-hmm. It's not a list of like no sex before marriage and no having shorts above your knees at daily mass or something. I've heard that before, right? And like no spaghetti straps and no, 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 no. Like it's never meant to be a list of no's. It's you hit this- it on the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely hit it on the nose, and you knows what? It's <laughs> it's Who meant knows? to be. <laughs> The church knows. That's who. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Jesus knows. This is getting out of hand. All right. (laughs) Proceed, Randall. I'm I'm here for the comedic relief. (laughs) Um, Chastity was always meant to be a great yes, that we're able to say no. What we're actually saying no to, we're saying no to mediocrity, people. Mm. You know, we're saying no to, to mediocrity. We're saying no to just settling for less. And we're saying yes to the greatness that we were designed to, to have and to the greatness that we were meant for. So that's what chastity is. So it seems like our, our, our culture would, would argue, uh, the point in saying that, well, you say if I, I use it incorrectly, that I'm, uh, that I'm hurt more, um, mm-hmm. but you know everything that that our our culture or mass media kind of in general says is like you won't be, you'll be happier, right? Mm-hmm. And so you seek this pleasure um, through sexuality right. and maybe through other partners um, or whatever. And uh, um, so shouldn't we be happier? You know, that's yeah. kind of like the common theme, right? Yeah. So it it almost takes an honest look at yourself to say, is this making me happier? Right. Right, you know, right. That, that I think we're scared to ask sometimes is, yeah, where am I? Am I hurt? Am I happier? Or am I worse off? Right, right. And I think that even goes like down this rabbit hole of like, uh, I would even say like relativism. You know, mm-hmm. like what do we define as happiness? You know, yeah. what do we define as good for me? Uh, and and once we once we start to live with the this tunnel vision of meet myself and I with my mindset, my worldview, and even what I pursue, um, then everything's fair game, you yeah. know, every, anything is fair game. And what virtue allows us to do, especially chastity, right? What virtue allows us to do is to be able to start thinking outside of ourselves, to be able to see the world for what it really is, to actually be able to live in reality. Yeah. Like we were saying, like yeah. our culture is saying, yeah, this is supposed to make you happy. And I mean, let's be honest. And as someone who has lived that lifestyle before, for a time, it did feel good. And for a time, it was convenient. For a time, um, it was easy. And it did bring some kind of enjoyment. Yeah. But what it didn't actually bring was a deep sense of intimacy. What it didn't actually bring was a solution to my problems. What it didn't actually bring was the answer to all of my questions. Mm-hmm. It only brought a temporary kind of pleasure. And again, that isn't to say that pleasure is bad. Yeah. But to use that pleasure um, to become a gift of self rather than to take for myself um, is exactly what it was meant for, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah, like I want so something that's coming to mind is like uh, we play into the mentality of like reducing desire. We reduce our desires, and we almost lie to our or listen to the lie that like intimacy and vulnerability and true happiness is even possible. Like we believe that it's not possible, I think. Yeah. And so we, the way, the reason why we settle is we reduce the desire down to what we know that the world can give us. Yeah. Right. And so like, it's possible to be vulnerable. It's possible to have true intimacy. It's possible to have communion with God. It's possible to be truly happy in a way that, that like, sex and pornography is just never going to give you, yeah, you know, and, and those like sex is good. Like, right. Yeah. To be completely clear. Yeah. But like, it's not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. It's just not. Absolutely. Yeah. We talked about that. Uh, there were a group of guys, uh, recently we were discussing this, that, that even in a, in a married relationship, sometimes like if you, you really love your spouse, you want to be very close to your spouse. Um, and even sexual intimacy, uh, at times while it brings you very close to your spouse, there's still this longing for something more, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And, uh, and I think at times if we, um, if that can be confused, if we're listening to the culture, then the longing for something more means maybe, maybe we should like try something a little crazier, you know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gets depraved, uh, this yeah. seeking for like something new, something more, cause we're just hungering and hungering right. and thirsting. And yeah. so we end up going from, I think it's like the, the Doritos bag that says, Bet you can't eat just one. Like <laughs> yeah. the same thing that like, well, it's not enough. I need more. I need something more. Yeah. But we start running down the wrong rabbit hole. Right. Rather than saying, okay, like that that didn't satisfy me enough. How can this how can I get more satisfaction not just from this aspect, sexuality, but from life? You know, and yeah. I think it's Mark Hart that says if you don't pray together as a married couple, you're never going to have the depth of sexual intimacy yes. that you really desire. Mm-hmm. Because when you bring God right into the middle of this thing he created called sex, mm-hmm. then you have a level of intimacy that's so much more powerful and beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I think, um, as you can probably tell, I'm a huge fan of Bishop Barron. And <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he's pretty great. He's so smart, man. And. He said, "Like uh, a relationship where the two, like the two, are only pursuing one another, uh, just without like a higher third involved, mm-hmm. um, it'll devolve into like this mutual like egotism. You know, mm-hmm. it'll devolve eventually into um, using one another physically, emotionally. Um, whereas it's even like." statistically shown and and we can see from our own experiences that people who come together with a higher purpose in mind um their relationship and their bond is so much stronger mm-hmm. you know like look at a basketball team you know or even people in the army and the military when they go into battle together like those men are like brothers mm. inseparable they have a relationship that will never actually devolve they have a bond that is so incredibly strong because they're united with something higher mm. they're united with a higher purpose and so kind of like what you were saying imagine a married couple who's whose purpose of being together is to get each other to heaven. Imagine a couple whose purpose to being together is to draw each other to union with God. Their relationship is going to be like none the world has has seen in a very, very long time. Yeah. You know, There's something really, really refreshing about seeing a couple like that. And I think it's a love that the world doesn't believe exists anymore. Mm. And that's really, really sad. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you uh, you mentioned that without that higher third, that that the couple ends up using each other. Mm. Um, and then you mentioned, bef- like, 
in our conversation before this podcast started at Panera, which was great. <laughs> we had a great conversation at Panera, which led to this podcast. Um, That's true. You said that uh, you said that the culture project takes a lot of a lot of its roots in the theology of the body and mm-hmm. and the the philosophy of Saint John Paul II. Yes. So, like, how does that relate? Like, what did John Paul II say about how couples can end up using each other, and how do we resist that? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean. I think that there's a there's a really big tendency for for couples today um, to believe that like kind of like we were talking about like they can hit a wall with loving one another like they come to a point where uh, this is all I'm going to know about a person this is all that I'm going to be able to understand about you this is all that I'm ever going to be able to discover I've reached my limit you know but to be able to understand again going back to the identity thing that I'm a mystery and the other person is an infinite mystery made in God's image then there's so much more to discover it's never going to be able to end but Without that higher third, then we're going to be able to – we develop this capacity to to even, like you said, use one another, to be able to um, see the other person as like, I don't know, like a crutch for emotionally and physically. Yeah. And I know it might be harsh, but um, – But that's – I mean that happens, right? Yeah. I mean we, we end up leaning on people – um, and, and, you know, it's kind of like w- what we can do with God sometimes too, is we use him as a crutch when it's, when it's convenient, right? You know, we turn to him for help at certain times, right? Rather than seeing that this, this third person, you know, this higher person, God, the Trinity, the more we turn to him, the more he helps us to understand who we are yeah. and who we're made to be, yeah. you know? And yeah. so if we don't even know who we are who we are ourselves without constant recourse to him. Right. There's no way we're going to exhaust who our spouse is. Right. You know, no way. Yeah. We're made in the image of, of the infinite God. (laughs) We're made in the image of the infinite God. So how could you ever get to the end of a person? Yeah. Mm. And and that's the problem with objectification is like Mm -hmm. you turn it into a finite object. You turn the person into a finite object that is no longer a mystery. Right. And you think, I know everything about this person and I can use them for this end, for this purpose. Yeah, yeah. And and once like kinda like you were saying, if we are able to put a containment on a person, if a person's able to be contained and measured, then they're able to be objectified. You know, if we reduce like if I were to reduce a woman simply to her body parts, then I'm reducing her simply to a limitation, hmm. which is her body parts, her physical appearance, and therefore I objectify her. You know, I'm, I, I, I only see her for what she's able to offer me, what I'm able to take from her, rather than seeing this woman for the mystery that she's created to be. You know, and, mm. and that is like the mindset of our culture is is totally, totally, totally not on that page. Well, and even in, I'm thinking like uh, in, in the work world, the business world, right? We look at people and we say, what can they do for me? Yeah. What can they do for my business? Right. And if all of a sudden they're not really capable of doing it to the level they used to, you're no longer useful. Yeah, you're discarded. Right? Yeah. You're discarded. It's time for you to go. Yeah. 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 It's hard. so attractive, though. It's so attractive to think, like, you are a mystery. You are infinitely valuable. Like, Jesus died for you personally. Right. Yeah. For each of us. And we are loved. Like, that's so attractive. How can anyone, how can anyone resist that? Like, yeah. God is so attractive. 
and, yeah. and chastity is attractive. Yeah, yeah, very much so. And like we said, it's not going to make any sense until we understand who we are. I was, um, I was actually talking with a, uh, a female missionary of mine. We're, we're like really good friends. And not a female missionary of mine. She's not my missionary. <laughs> <laughs> that sounded objectifying, she Randall. Is the Lord's missionary. Ah, <laughs> uh, sinner. A friend missionary of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, she was uh, she was at this like she was mentioning like texting to me, venting to me about how she was going to uh, this camp where like just people who uh, she doesn't really connect with, and and people who are just. Um, very much like not happy, you know, kind of like very much living in the culture and all that stuff. And she was mentioning how there was this one particular girl that was really kind of getting on her nerves. And she was texting me saying, Randall, like, help me, you know, like, how do I love this person? You know what I mean? Like, she's really getting on my nerves. She's just like talking about all these things I don't want to hear about. And I was saying, hey, listen, like, she needs you. Like, speak truth to her. Like, continue to be Christ to her, you know. And she ended up texting me later on saying how, like, reminding me again, Randall, like, help me out. Like, right now, she's speaking to these group of people kind of bragging about all these guys that she slept with and all these guys that she's hooked up with and going about it in, like, excruciating detail. And it's, like, grossing me out. And I was like, oh, no, like, do something. Like, love her. Love her right where she is. And mm. so she ended up telling me that she ended up going to the girl and she said, hey, like, I just want you to know that you deserve more and... The young girl looked at her and she shook her head and she was like, no, no, I really don't. Ugh. And that was like, to, to read that and to see that that was, that, that was the interaction that I saw um, was something mm. really heartbreaking. That she was putting a limitation on herself and she was putting a limitation on other people to believe that this is all I'm meant for. You know, and a limitation on God's grace, right? Yeah, seriously. And he's he's able to come through that because you know other people can't. Yeah, like there's there's a level of brokenness that other people can't get through to. Yeah, that only the Holy Spirit can get through to and say, "I can heal this." Yeah, and yeah. and it's I think it's worth mentioning also here that like God is never grossed out by us. Yeah, you know, for like sure. it's it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing that like especially in the area of chastity, I think when we fall. Uh, into uncha- in unchastity, lack of virtue, lack Dis- dischastity, <laughs> anti chastity. <laughs> when we fall into lust or, or you know just sins sins against chastity, there it is. Sins against chastity, we can feel very gross, right. and and we feel like God won't even want to look at me, right? But like he he is that good father that says like you were made for more more than this. Like, do you remember that? Do you remember that you are more than this? Yeah. And and I'm here to help you like remember that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I don't know if you guys know the story of when John Paul II was in Victory Square in Poland and he was speaking out against the Nazi regime to the Polish people, right? They were like oppressing them and he was speaking to them saying, like, you are not who they say you are. Let me remind you of who you are. Mm-hmm. And like historians and, and researchers will say like, that was the turning point to the fall of communism Hmm. because the Polish people realized and were reminded of who they were and they began chanting, we want God, we want God to the point where the communist regime wouldn't be like, they couldn't get them to stop. Hmm. They couldn't, they couldn't shut them down. They couldn't, they couldn't shut them up because they were just so filled with the truth of knowing of who they were. They were Hmm. filled with knowing and remembering the mystery of who they were. Um, and like I said, like that's the whole like that's the mission of the culture project, is to be able to speak light 
into that lie that I would even say a lot of us still believe, even in Catholic circles, mm. you know, yeah. we still wrestle with that, you know? Um, and it's such a privilege to be able to speak to these things because I get to realize the truth of who I am yes. um, in, in a really powerful way. And therefore I get to be a witness to those who, who are still struggling I mean, I'm still struggling still, but yeah. you know what I mean? Well, and that's, I think you said something really <laughs> profound too, that, that the Polish people, they couldn't be stopped when they recognized that who they are were a people who wanted God. And isn't uh, that when we start to find freedom and when we become fully human is yeah. when our souls are constantly crying out, I want you, God. Yeah. I want you, God. Yeah. I yearn for you. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what we were made from. That's what we were made for. Right. And you said earlier uh, that Adam and Eve, that they turned away for a brief second. You know, and that's often when we fall is when we stop realizing that I want you, God. I want you, God. And then it's, oh, I want something else. Yeah. Fall. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Every time. Exactly. And it just spells this, like lack of fulfillment mm. it just spells this lack of satisfaction that we're finding today um but and, that's the beauty of living right is that yeah. we get to we get to god continues to carve out those bad desires and yeah. starts to bring in the good ones yeah and it's yeah. so the battle is good and it's not something that uh um that is really going to be like that we're going to lose with yes. with his help yes so, and and so every time there's a fall there's a resurrection. Yes. You know? Dude, yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, Matt Fred. Have you heard of Matt Fred? He Love does Matt Fred. great stuff, especially in the area of like pornography addiction. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, I remember him saying something in a talk that um, he hopes that you struggle. Mm, right. Mm. He hopes that like, so if you're, sh- if you've listener, listener people, if you find yourself struggling, then that's good. Continue to struggle. Don't give in. Don't give up. Like, yeah. don't be discouraged. Yeah. That, that, Struggle. Struggle for chastity. It's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the moment we... Uh, someone had said this. I think a priest told me this in, in like spiritual direction. And he was saying that um, a lot of the times the spiritual life is, is swimming against the stream, right? Swimming against the current. But the moment we stop swimming is the moment we move back. Mm-hmm. And he was saying that um, something that's alive is something that struggles against the current, mm. but something that is dead is something that has gone has gone with the current. Oh, I love you it. You know, I was like, whoa, yeah. that's so true. Truth yeah. It's so yeah. true. It's so true. Dude, that reminds me of the, the, the documentary that Kevin and I were watching last. We watched a documentary <laughs> on dams, like, and, <laughs> and like the fish can't swim upstream because of dams. So, so we need to get rid of dams. <laughs> The spiritual ones. Yeah, but there is something about, um, you know, that life cycle of salmon where they spend their life out in the ocean, and then when they're ready to give birth, they uh, sail upstream, or they, they, they swim upstream, and they essentially give their life just uh, in that struggle. You know, they work so hard against the mm. current by going upstream, mm. and then once they get up to the headwaters, they give give birth and uh then there's new life wow so so chastity is like salmon going upstream (laughs) there it is guys we are fish man we are fish well and i just want to point out (laughs) fishers of that's why jesus was a fisher of men yo i just want to point out too what we're what we're just saying in the end is really kind of the heart of this ministry is that in the world we will have trouble 
but take courage. I've conquered the world. Vici mundum. I've conquered the world. That's what that's what Jesus came to tell us. Is be at peace. Yes. He's conquered it. Yes. So we just have to be the fish, the salmon swimming up. That's really the heart of this is salmon. Preach it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, but I'm allergic to salmon. Well, you're in trouble, buddy. Dang it. <laughs> Crap. Well, no. man, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for the conversation, guys. This has been yeah. really, really helpful Great. for me, too. But, uh, yeah, and Randall, thank you so much uh, for stopping in, and, and we'll continue to pray for the Culture yeah, Project. Please do. In fact, you, would you like to say something about the Culture Project before we finish up? Yeah, um, really just find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, not as a shameless plug. Um, oh, go but- <laughs> just go for it. Just go for it. <laughs> shameless um, <laughs> But really, um, we post a lot of uh, a lot of like beautiful articles and a lot of we have blogs and we have videos that come out every Monday um, addressing these topics regarding things like dating, sexuality, identity, and the virtue of chastity every Monday. So if you want to be nourished and reformed uh, for maybe like three to five minutes, uh, find us on Facebook at The Culture Project. And uh, if you want to see some really beautiful content, find us on Instagram at The Culture Project. Bam. And our website, theculturproject.org. Wow, that's so good. Yeah. It's like you've done this before. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you know, being a speaker for a year, you know, you know your lines. Nice. All right. (laughs) Well, Randall, we have a tradition that at the end of the podcast, we uh, ask Our Lady of Mount Carmel to pray for us. So, yes. Without further ado, Our Lady of Mount Carmel, pray Pray for for us. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of Our Lady of Mount Carmel Catholic Church in Newport News, Virginia, or the Catholic Diocese of Richmond. This podcast is presented to you by individuals who are not all necessarily experts in the field of discussion, but are answering the call to new evangelization and sharing the love of Christ with you. God bless you.